We are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Cool. So, um, yeah, this morning when uh, we, we were sort of praying before and Phil had this picture of, uh, he was reminded about, of the people um, when they were, the Israelites, where Joshua was leading them out of the uh, wilderness and into the promised land. And when they did that, they passed through the Jordan River that parted for them. And um, they set up these memorial stones at where the, the priests stood in the river. And they set up these memorial stones in, in the riverbed. But then in the next chapter, we find out that they took all those stones and they placed them up on a, on a mountain. And that was a, a marker that they would go to and look and be reminded of all that God has done. And they would remember his faithfulness and the fact that he's with them and he's for them. And um, as Phil was sharing that this morning, I, it just really resonated with me. And, uh, and I just felt that for today, Today, this is like a bit of a, a moment, a marker. And in fact, what I'm going to be doing is we're not going to be carrying on with the Mark series. We'll, we'll carry that on next week. Today, it's a, like a one-off message where what I'd like to do is to look back over the last 18 months and pick out four memorial stones, four markers from four different preaching series that we've done and just pull out like a key thing that I felt that... that in the moment whilst we were going through them that God was speaking to us through them and just going to kind of like take them out of the river and place them kind of again in our hearts they're not I don't want them to be left in the pandemic in in the lockdown I want them to bring it out and for them to be a bit of a marker for us as a church so it's a good thing to look back on but also a something to look forward to, to, to what God wants us to continue to step into and to continue to keep going. Does that kind of make sense? And when I, when I look back at all that's happened in the last 18 months, there was like, there was so much because we, we did a series on saints and sacraments. We did mission Sundays where Guy and Heather Miller came and we had Andy McCulloch preaching. We, we've had Charlie Kang from Family Church preaching and we had Ian Stackhouse from Milmy preaching and we had Phil Sutherland from Dorking Church preaching. And we did mission Sundays where we sent Paul and Joe and and they spoke on one of those we've done the summer of psalms and last year we did the hope matters series where we looked through uh, different characters that inspired us in the bible but i didn't take any of the memorial songs from those though they were great instead um, i took those from uh, daniel galatians genesis and acts these four series that we've done and we did them um, in that order, starting from the first pandemic. And if you uh, weren't with us then, you know, I know some of you were only with us last week, it was your first time, and now you're here, which is great. It, don't worry, it, what I say t- from today will all make sense, so you don't need to have heard those. But equally, it might inspire you to, w- to go back and listen to one of them or two of them. So that's, that's kind of my prayer with, for you. And so we'll start in Daniel, because we were... Um, about at, when lockdown happened in March 2020, um, we were about to go into like a giving series. We're going to encourage you to give us all your money and it was going to be great. And, and we went into lockdown and we, were, and we were like, yeah, this isn't, 
the series to go into right now. And, um, and so we felt it would be right to, to look at Daniel. Daniel, who had been taken into captivity along with his friends um, by the Babylonians. And everything for him changed. The way he accessed his food changed. He, he was uh, taken into the kind of Babylonian university and his education changed. He was separated from his family. That changed for him. They, they changed his name. All these different changes took place. And we experienced something of that, didn't we? As we weren't able to access food in the same way. We couldn't just go about all the shops as we wanted to. We, only certain shops were open. And we were only allowed our house once, one hour a day. And we couldn't see our families. We were separated from them. And the way we did our education changed. And suddenly we were, we, all, all the parents became teachers. And it was all lockdown learning. And, and we, we titled the series Faith in, you might not be able to see it, but we titled it Faith in a Real World because we wanted to see how Daniel, he had faith in real circumstances, difficult trials, and we wanted to inspire us to keep, keep faith, to keep going through those difficulties. And one key thing that came out of the series was that God didn't save Daniel or his, or his friends from trials or hardship. He didn't, they might have prayed for that. Oh, let me not go in the den. Let me not go in the fiery furnace. He didn't, he didn't do that. But he was with them in the trials. And in the same way, he has been with us, hasn't he? In the pandemic. And Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were sentenced to that fiery furnace. And like I said, they might well have prayed, God, take this away from us. And he didn't. And instead he put them in the fire. And then in chapter 3, verse 19, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he declared, hold on, didn't we cast three men into the fire? But I see four men walking around and the fourth looks like the son of man, the son of the gods. That came out today from some of those words. I think it's from what Phil was sharing or actually it might be what Catherine was. Later on, Daniel was thrown into, that, into the den by King Darius and um, he did that so that he sealed the den with a, with a stone. Do you remember that? And he sealed it with a stone uh, so that the situation couldn't be changed. But Daniel was... Um, came out free and he said it's because God declared me innocent in his eyes and like I said God didn't save Daniel from the lion's den God didn't save Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego from going in the fire and God didn't stop the virus from spreading around the world but he was with them and he was with us and so lesson one is that God might not take the burden away from you whatever that thing you might be facing but you can know he's faithful to you. He is with you. He is for you. And he's not going to leave you or forsake you or let you go. He's not going to abandon you. He's with you and he's for you. And we need to know that as a church, that whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, the different challenges that we're all facing and we continue to face, he's not going to abandon us or leave us. And I know that there are some people here that are facing really tough challenges, serious ill health, illness, stress, anxiety, relational pressures, loneliness, employment issues and of course we want to pray God will you take this away and we should pray that it's good for us to pray to our God who is able to do that he's a supernatural God but we can also know that even if he doesn't even in the heat we can know his presence even in the den we can know he's with us and um, actually when I look through the Bible that is a lot how God operates 
So he was with Daniel in the tomb. He was with the Israelites in the wilderness. He was with Joseph in prison. He was with Ruth and Naomi in their bereavement and in their grief. He was with Rahab when she was getting invaded. He was with Gideon when the, like, his resources were being reduced and his army has been dwindled. And on it goes and on. He was with Daniel in the den. He's with the friends in the fiery furnace. He's with us now. I believe God's saying, I'm with you. I'm for you. Amen. Amen. The friends, though, they did pray. And one thing they prayed was, they, well, they said this to King Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able to deliver us from the furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But even if he does not, we're going to worship him. And I just want to encourage you, if, if you're going through hardship, why not let that be your prayer? God, you, you can deliver, deliver me from this thing. And I know that you will, because he will, won't he? When we resurrect, he will. But even if you don't, I'm going to worship you and serve you, give my life to you. I'm going to love you. And I know that you'll be with me anyway. And amazingly, all of this points us to Jesus, doesn't it? All of this. The stone that's rolled over the tomb, the seal that's put around it, the son of man that's in the fiery furnace, all of these things are all pointers towards Jesus, the son of God. And Daniel, he comes out and says, hey, I was innocent in God's sight. And how are we made innocent in God's sight? It's when we put our trust in Jesus, isn't it? That's how we are made innocent. That's how our sins are washed away, is by putting our trust in Jesus. And that's why we look to him. You know, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, sorry, Darius tried to change the situation. He was up all night trying to change it. Pontius Pilate tried also to change Jesus' situation, but ended up washing his hands of it. And um, we know that we have a victorious king, the one who didn't just sit aloft and aloof up in heaven but he came to earth he took on death he walked through trials he entered the tomb and the grave but then he rose again victorious giving us the promise of resurrection and declaring us innocent in his sight all those who choose to put their trust in him so the question just to finish then is where do you need to receive his peace in your life today just think about that and do you know his presence with you because you can he loves you and he's for you. Second one, so we've got four. That's one memorial stone. We know that God is with us in the trials. Second one, it was from, from the Galatians series, which we titled Grace, God's Undeserved Favour. And uh, in, this is in autumn now, autumn 2022. We were sort of getting ready to go into the second lockdown. Christmas was about to be cancelled and all that kind of stuff. And um, 2020, sorry. I oh, know, I'm thinking ahead of us, you know. It's a prophecy. We're going into a third lockdown. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no it's all good. Um, yeah, and yeah, so we had a look at this series, and throughout the Galatian series, we discovered again that we are first and foremost chosen, loved, cherished, children of God. Our identity is in Him, and it's all because of His grace, His undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor that we can know that we are children of God, that we are reconciled to our Father. And it was, you know, it's by grace that we've been saved through faith. And all of that is so good. And as we got towards the end of the series, um, there was 
uh, in chapter 6, we talked about this culture of sowing and reaping. And um, Galatians, it was a book that was written to Christians in the kind of surrounding region of Galatia. And it was written really because there was a bunch of Judaizers, these were Jews, that were coming to the Galatians and saying, yeah, Jesus is great, but in order to be a Christian, you also need X, Y, and Z. You need to follow the rules. You need to get circumcised. You need to do these things. Grace alone isn't enough. And that, the freedom to, that we find though in Jesus, that grace that's given to us, isn't though just freedom to kind of do what we want. We're called to live for Jesus, aren't we? We're called to be salt and light. We're called to live for him. And one of those things, yeah, like I said, is sowing and reaping. It's having this culture where we recognize the power of giving over the desire of receiving. And... Um, yeah, and so in chapter 6, it said this. It had this farming analogy, right? And it, it said over and over again things like, if you sow this, you will reap that. And one of the, some of the verses say this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's not become weary of doing good things. Let's not become weary of sharing our faith, of sowing seeds. We want this culture of sowing and reaping. And a typical, it's a typical farm analogy, this whole sowing and reaping thing. If you sow barley, you're going to get a barley harvest. If you sow wheat, you're going to get a wheat harvest. If you sow poor seed, you get a poor harvest. Lots of seeds, you get lots of harvest this you know it's just what farmers do my dad used to be a farmer and that's what he did you sow a little seed you get little crop you sow loads and lavishly you get loads it's generally it's kind of how it works and you can spot a church that's full of grace when the culture is one where people are willing to give to sow to to you know to do what Jesus said it's better to give than receive sowing in faith confident that God's going to do something amazing and it's grace because it goes against logic because when you make sacrifices and you give abundantly and you share your time and your energy and your effort the world tells you that you will have less and yet Jesus his economy God's economy is different to our economy and somehow when we give when we share, when we sow, we are actually restored and we're refreshed and we're rejuvenated and we get a better perspective on our own issues and it produces in us more joy and more faith as we see things come together and we gather and, you know, it's great. And it's, it's good because it opposes a law mentality. It helps us to stop getting to, into the pharisaical mindset, which was the very thing that the Judaizers were trying to instill in the Galatians. Law says, hey, how much is enough? Or what's the minimum? Or what's kind of enough to be accepted? Grace says, what more can I give? How can I help? What more can I do? How far can I go? When the farmer sows, he's kind of given away his stock. His stock is depleting. He's, he's having less in his barnyard and uh, his resources are being used up he it takes him energy and he won't know for a long time whether it's going to be worth it but he's not looking down at the depletion depletion at what he's given away he's looking forward in faith at the harvest that's to come 
A grace-filled church is one that doesn't look down and get caught up in the sacrifice of now, but looks ahead in faith at the joy that is to come, at the harvest that's to come. And isn't Jesus just a wonderful example of that? You know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And even in those moments when it was really hard and he was looking down, perhaps, he says, yet, not my will, but yours be done. He's looking ahead, forward. And I just, I just think it's been amazing that over this pandemic, what I have seen is exactly that. I've seen a wonderful grace culture across our church. I've seen people sow and share and give. And it's just been incredible. I've seen, and, and God has seen you too. And, I, and it's just, it has, seriously, it's been amazing. Story after story of people giving up time, befriending, supporting, getting into the community, helping those that have come from, you know, there was one lady, she's not part of our church, but she came from another country and she had very little and people got round there and we filled her home with like possessions so that she had stuff, toys for the kids and I don't know, cupboards in, in the room and we, we helped her and it's just, it's just a grace gift, it's just sowing a seed, it's just, it's just a grace give. I, I know that we, we did the Christmas hampers, people have supported others, there's been people that have been unwell, there's been food parcels, there's been meal trains, all those kind of things. And in, in the midst of it all, as a church, uh, we managed to raise like £9,000, which we gave to commission. Do you remember that? And that was all towards COVID relief and, and towards making sure that as a family of churches, we continue to grow and flourish and start new churches and all those kind of things. We, we even, you know, sent Paul and Joe, didn't we? We sowing that seed of people into another nation, into the Middle East. And, and it's exhausting, isn't it? And yet it's exciting, and it's enjoyable. We get to be a part of all that God is doing. And actually, in terms of Paul and Joe, next month I'm going out to see them. Um, so if, you, if there's anything you want me to take, if you've got any notes or letters or whatever, um, it's their six-month mark. They would have been out there six months already. Their Arabic is phenomenal. They're doing really well. And um, yeah, but I'll go see them, so I'll make sure I do some videos and bring them back and give a report on like an evening where we can share that stuff. Um, and yeah, it's, it's sowing. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will receive eternal life. It's like we want to keep sowing, sowing, reaping culture. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen? Great. Okay. I was, I was going to ask you some questions. Here's some questions. In what areas has God called you to sow a seed? What small things has he been encouraging you to do, to share, to, to give, to encourage? Where have you decided not to take a step of faith because you're looking down, perhaps at your depleting resources, instead of up in faith at the harvest that God might do through that? But having said all of that, we then in January, we went into the Genesis series, didn't we? And I hope you intrinsically know that all that sowing and reaping stuff isn't about laying burdens on you. It's actually, it's a, it's a grace thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that we do out of our, out of kind of our identity in Christ, out of our love in Christ, out of what he, he has done for us. 
And um, one of the things that I thought was amazing that came out through the Genesis series, which I hadn't really spotted before when I, as I read through it, you know, in my life, because you only really, really get to know the nuts and bolts when you're really going through, was this whole sense of rest. We, we called the series a blueprint um, for life. Oh, sorry, I didn't click. My bad. Um, we called the series a blueprint for life, and um, and. Because really, like this is kind of like God's kind of blueprint for creation, his origins or origins, however you mean to say it. Um, for uh, uh, No one told me I said it wrong until right at the end of the series. And I didn't realize that you guys have been laughing behind my back all this time. Shocking. Shocking. And yeah, anyway, so this idea of uh, rest was just coming through over and over and over again. And... Um, I think that's important because when an architect has the blueprint, he, he makes that. And what happens is that as the building's being built, the builders continually refer back to the blueprint, don't they? They're referring back to, hey, are we building what the architect first intended this to be? And I believe that God, in the blueprint of creation, he gave rest. Rest is so important. Come doing things out of a place of rest, going into creation, multiplying, going into the world, doing whatever he's called us to do, comes out of a place of rest and peace in him, knowing him, sowing and reaping. Doesn't, if we do it in our own energies, it's going to fail. But if we do it out of a place of godly rest, out of knowing him, out of identity in him, then he is able to do everything that he, he wants to. And um, I recently met a guy called Frank who leads Emmanuel Church in Stoughton and he finishes actually next week having been a minister for 40 years, having led that church for 18 years. And I was like, come on, Frank, he's 65. Like, I want to I be where you are when I'm that age. How, what's, what's your secret? And he talked about rest. He said, Chris, you've got to remember that it's God that's building the church. Jesus is the king of the church. You need to make sure that you are resting. You're loving your family. You're taking time to spend with them, caring for the kids, obviously loving the church and remembering actually it comes out of a place of rest. I thought it was really helpful. And um, yeah, and, and, I, and I want us to be a church where a memorial stone for us is rest, that we're not running around ragged, that when people meet us, we're like, oh, I'm exhausted, you know, oh, this church is taking up all my time. No, no, we want to be people of rest and, and to have time for people. I'm not too busy to meet up with you. Yeah, no, I'd love to come around to your house. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to meet with you. You know, we want to be people that can do that out of, a, out of a place of rest. That means it's really important. That means it's important for us to take time to sleep well, to, to do exercise, to read, to rejuvenate ourselves in, in the Lord, to, to make sure that, I don't know, we're reading about him, praying about him, going for walks, just spending time with God. And, you know, it, it means, you know, team leaders, that sometimes we might need to, Make sure those people aren't serving every single week. Or if they want to take a break from that team, hey, that's okay. Because we're called to do it out of a place of rest. And, um, but let me show you how that, where that came from. Because, you know, I want to make sure that we're all in. Remember, in the beginning of creation, we had the seven days. And we, we always kind of looked at it as seven days. And we, as we went through the series, we, we, we talked about, hey, what about if we looked at it, instead of a set of seven, as two threes and a one? And so on day one, two, and three, God made stuff. He like formed. And then on day four, five, and six, he filled what he formed. He gave his creation purpose. So day one, he made the, uh, the day and night. And day four, 
he filled the day and night with the star, sun and moon. On day two, he made the sky and the sea. On day five, he filled it with birds and uh, fish. On day three, he made the land and the vegetation. And on day six, he filled that with animals, plants, trees, and of course, mankind. He formed and then he filled. He gave purpose to his creation. It just wasn't just random and he let it go. No, he, he had purpose to it all. And then he also, not only did he give purpose to creation, but he gave us significance, didn't he? He said, hey, you're made in the image of God, male and female, both of you. You, you are what represent God. One is not enough. Men by themselves can't bear God's image, and neither can women, but together you represent the image of God. And then on day seven, he rested, and we posed this question, what about rather than seeing it as the end of God's week, if we saw it at the begin, as the beginning of Adam's? On Adam's first day on this planet, God wasn't too busy creating, forming, filling, doing stuff, producing, making, fixing, working. No, God rested to spend time with him. God stopped so that Adam could enjoy his presence and enjoy his creation so that he could rest. And on Adam's first day, everything was done. All the seeds were sown, everything was planted, the, the garden was watered, the fruit was ripe, was ripe. All the work was done. Adam could just enjoy spending time with God, exploring his creation, spending time in his presence. God wasn't too busy to connect with Adam, and Adam didn't have to spend his first day working for the approval of God. He didn't have to work for his sustenance. He didn't have to work in order to live in God's creation. He could just be at rest, at peace. What an amazing first day, right? Amazing. And this is what we're, we're called to be a people of rest. It's an amazing picture of the gospel. It's not do, do, do. It's, hey, it's done. It's all done. Come and enjoy. Come and come into my presence. Come and bask in all that I've done for you, uh, says the Lord. And so finding rest in Jesus is important because this represents the gospel. It all comes through. And so we need to be people that, that, can, that can do that. And I want, a question for you is how do you connect to Jesus? How do you know rest in him? How, how do you find peace in him? How do you get restored and replenished and rejuvenated in your faith to, to go again? How, where do you get your, your energy from to, to love him and to worship and to, to sing? One cool thing I'm just going to add on is that, um, do you remember, obviously we then sinned, it all got messed up, and then God then wiped out the world, and he started again, didn't he, with Noah and the flood. And do you know when he started again, he, you, you might think, oh, now he's going to start, oh, this is probably how to do it, I'm going to start with work, do, do, do. And again, he, he didn't do that, did he? He starts with rest. And remember, Noah's name means rest. And Noah is a preacher of righteousness. And so Noah is walking around telling everyone, hey, God's judgment's going to come. Everyone come to me. Come to Noah. Come to rest. Come to rest in the, in the ark. Um, to this, this ark. Another word for that word ark is exactly the same as the ark that Moses was placed in, the place of rest where he passed through waters. And this ark passed through waters. And so you've got this uh, picture of judgment's going to come. That judgment is the waters. You can pass through the waters resting in the ark and, and you'll come to the other side. And what happened when the water started to decease? The ark rested on Mount Ararat. 
And those first 40, 40, 40 days or so, I think it was, that it rested there. And again, Noah couldn't do anything other than just to, to rest and see creation kind of reform. Just resting in God's presence. And... Um, it's, yeah, it's an amazing picture because then that happens all the way through, doesn't it? As the, the people of God pass through the waters of the Red Sea to rest on the other side, they pass through judgment, they pass they get away from the Pharaoh and his army, and then the people from, they pass from the wilderness through water's judgment to rest in the land of milk and honey. And then Jesus calls us to a place of baptism to come through and rest in his presence to know eternal life in him. And it's just an amazing picture and um, when Noah is in the ark how did the door close well it says God shut him in and a seal was placed around it like Daniel's den seal seal was placed around it. it's like his salvation coming and um, we we also found that crazy thing was that um, you know we think hey animals go in two by two right so it was two animals every kind and we got to chapter seven and it said oh can you also take seven pairs of every clean animal and we're like, what? I thought it was just two pairs of every animal. And suddenly we want seven pairs. And it's because if God wanted Noah to then make a sacrifice when he came off of the, out of the ark. And if he had sacrificed the lambs and there was only two lambs, hey, there's no more lambs, is there? And so God provided a sacrifice before they went through the waters of judgment and landed in rest. In the same way, God provided a sacrificial lamb before Abraham went to kill Isaac. And he didn't have to kill Isaac, did he? And there was a lamb there ready. In the same way, God provided Jesus to come to this earth so that the other side of judgment, we can know rest in him. This is, this is all the gospel. It was all coming through, wasn't it? And it's, all, it's, hey, it's reminding us about God's rest. Do you know rest? What things help you to be rejuvenated, to know God? To, to trust him. Made the point? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Last one. I, I didn't click again, sorry. I was going to say someone should kick, but you have to sit down and I don't. We recently finished Acts. This, this is the last one. Last memorial stone. So we want to be people who, yeah, we make sure that we, obviously we, we know God's grace, that we are people, oops, who know that God is with us in the trials we know we are people who are called to be a sowing and reaping culture. We're sharing, looking up in faith for all that God will do. We come at him from rest. But we're also a culture where we remember that everyone is included. Everyone is welcome. And we got to that last bit of Acts, chapters 8, 9, and 10. We looked at them all together on one Sunday. And over and over again, um, you know, Peter had the vision and was told, hey, everyone can be included. And, you know, it's not just for Jews, it's for Gentiles, which is us, people that aren't Jewish. Everyone can be included. And he, he, the, the gospel went to a Samaritan. The gospel went to an Ethiopian eunuch. The gospel went to a centurion. And, and he kept sharing the gospel with different people. Everyone is included. And I just felt this is an important memorial stone because you might be sort of fairly new. You might feel new to our church. You might look around and think, oh, I'm not sure I really know everyone. And am, am I included? Am I in? Where's my place? Equally, you might have been here for years and then you're, you've come back and you're looking around and you're like, I don't really know anyone, everyone's new, where's my place? And, you know, I was going to say they sit in my seat, but we're in a new venue, so no one has any seats, so it <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, and 
I just felt, do you know what? There's, there's, we're going through a bit of an adjustment period, aren't we? And that's okay, and that's good. And we need to, let's make sure that we're not just focused on what this means for me. Oh, I maybe feel a bit displaced. But actually, hey, how can I help to include? How can I incorporate? How, it's good for us to think of as a church. How do we con- continue to include singles? Mothers, widows, fathers, parents, workers, students, young, old, grandparents, divorced people, those with accessibility needs, those with additional needs. How do we make sure that we're supporting one another, including bringing in, welcoming, connecting? It's not, it's not easy, but we're all called to do that. We're called not just to do that here, but also to share. How, how, how do we continue to be a people who share the gospel, who include those people in our, in our neighbours and our streets and so on and so forth? Having seen the church established and grow in Acts, they had to face all these same issues, but by the power of God's Holy Spirit, they grew. And that's ultimately, isn't it, how, how anything gets done. Jesus is the king. He is Lord. We get to serve him together to work out, hey, how can we do this? How can we help one another? It just means having grace for one another. It means welcoming, befriending, getting to know, saying hi. And that's really what the rest of this day is all about. It's connecting. It's like worshiping, shared love, saying hi to people you don't know. Hey, how are you doing? And you'll, you'll probably find that the people you say hi to, oh, you knew? No, I've been here for a year and a half. It's just that we've been in lockdown, haven't we? And so, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. And, but that's, that's true. Um, so questions for that is, who do you need to include? Who do you need to open up to? Who do you need to get to know? Who do you look around and think, oh, I'm not sure their name is? Hey, we can connect, we can welcome, we can fit in. God is with us in the trials. We're called to be a sowing and reaping culture. It's hard, but we don't look down, we look up in faith. God's calling us to know rest in him, coming out of a place of identity and security and significance. And we're called to make sure that everyone is included let's stand together we're going to worship again team you can come back up um yeah let me let me just pray as they do that heavenly father i just want to i want to thank you so much that you came from heaven to earth. Jesus, our King, our Lord, our, our Saviour, the one who is on the throne, who's seated high above all things, the author and perfecter of our faith, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Lord, you know all that we have been through. Lord, you know how our faith has kind of gone up and down throughout the season. Lord, you, you know how we're feeling about connecting together again. Lord, you, you know all the, all the different complexities of life that are taking place uh, right now in each of our different lives and Lord we submit all of that to you we trust you we love you we we kind of we thank you Lord God that you are in our midst and Holy Spirit is so welcome to be here in this place among us and we just pray Lord God would you help us Lord God to uh, thank I thank you Lord God for how all these things have taken place over these last 18 months how you have been with us how you've known us as we continue to to 
sow and give. As you've helped us to find rest, you've literally stopped so many things as you've helped us to do that. And, and I pray, Lord God, that as we press into the future, as we take, go into these next 18 months, these next two years, Lord, I pray, would you help all these things that we've been learning, all these things that you've been teaching us through these, these different preaching series, Lord, would you help us to continue to, to be a people of grace, to be a people that are welcoming and inclusive, to, to be a people that know your presence with us in the trials, to be a people that are willing to share and give and encourage and, and to, to, yeah, to sow, Lord God, into others' lives. Because, Lord, we, we know, Lord God, that you are, you're speaking to us and we thank you for that. And I pray, Lord God, help us to have faith to continue in all that you're calling us to. Help us, Lord God, to, to be the church that you've called us to be. Lord, we, we all have ideas about what church should look like. None of them mean anything. Lord, we want to follow you. We want to trust you. We want to go where you're calling us to. Help us, Lord, corporately to hear your voice. Help us, Lord, to know what our next steps are. Help us, Lord, give us faith. Help faith stir in us. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you you're good. Thank you you're glorious. Thank you, Lord God, that you're so faithful and just and true. Thank you, you're a mighty warrior. You're king of kings. You're a redeemer and restorer. You're a forgiver of sins. Thank you. You separate them from us as far as the east is from west. Lord, some of us need to hear that today. You've forgiven us. You love us. You know us. We just welcome you, Lord, into this place. We say, Lord God, will you have your way as we, as we worship, as we sing. Thank you we've got time to do that. We pray, just be, would you be adored and blessed, Lord God. Amen. Thanks for listening. We meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.